I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Ashton Thompson is the CEO and president of Ashton Thompson Racing. She has been racing since the age of 16 and became the first female to start a USSA quarter midget race. In recent years, she founded her company, Ashton Thompson Racing, and her goal is to create a female-based race team that is supported by female businesses. Ashton has her degree in psychology, and she was the first athletic ambassador for the NOCC, that's the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition. She has a lot coming up in 2023, so I will let her share all about that with us, but welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Ashton. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, it's I'm great. I was, I'm so excited that we met each other. We met each other online. Yeah. I think it was on LinkedIn. Um, and when I saw, I think you, you just maybe friended or connected and I get about a million of those requests per day, but when I saw yours, it definitely caught my interest because how cool is a, a female motorsports person. So I want to learn all about this sport and everything you're working on. Yeah. So, so well, before, before we, we jump into your background, I, I actually wanted to ask you. Can you give us a little background about racing in general? Because I know a lot of our audience might be familiar, but a lot of them probably have no idea. So if you could like give us the basics. Yeah. Um, so racing is one of those sports that aren't as common like you hear, you know, it's not like basketball, softball, football, like, you know, you yeah. can do stuff like that. Schools don't offer it. So racing is a funded sport, you know, usually it's family and stuff like that, but you know, you have your big racing organizations like formula one nascar you know indycar that type of stuff but i race uh, a national midget which is under usac um and we race all across the country like um it is the top of what i do you know um open wheel racing and then you have stock car racing i'm in the open wheel side which is mean like you don't have anything around you. You basically just have a roll cage and, you know, your steering wheel in front of you. You don't have a big windshield and that type of stuff like you would in a stock car. So that's what I do is, is open wheel racing and stuff like that. So that kind of follows the route of IndyCar Formula One, you know, but we race on dirt tracks mainly, um, you know, local dirt tracks all across the country, you know, like coming up in January, we'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Chili Bowl shootout which is a huge, huge race. Um, actually, 7 million people tune in to watch that race over the week. So it is crazy how many people are turning their attention to dirt racing, you know, because it's fun. And, you know, our races last, you know, maximum of 10 minutes. You know, we aren't sitting in a car for two plus hours. You know, the race is an mm -hmm. hour long. You know, it's over in five to 10 minutes. And it is full of excitement. You know, that's why people come to watch because it's exciting and stuff. So, yeah, um, hopefully that covered And If you guys have any questions, you know, you can shoot me an Instagram DM or something like that. And I can try to answer those. So, yeah, I know you have a lot of, of goals on your plate, but is one of your goals to spread 
you know, to kind of spread the word about this sport to more people? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when I, when you mentioned me starting a female-based race team, um, mm -hmm. racing is one of those sports, like I said, you can't, you know, schools don't offer it. So you right. can't just sign up to drive a race car, you know, it, it's expensive and it's, it's hard work. So what I would love to do is to create like almost like a school for women to come in and even younger girls, because, you know, mm -hmm. I, you said I started when I was 16. I actually started when I was six. So when um, you were six. Yes. I started racing when I was six. So I have been doing this for a long time, but it's a sport that my dad got mm -hmm. me. You know, he raced when he was growing up, my grandpa raced. So it's been in the family. And I would love to bring girls in who don't have that family background who want to race because I meet girls all the time at the track and they're like, how do I get started? How do I get started? And it's so hard to give them like a definite answer because mm -hmm. it's hard. And if you don't have anybody there to mentor you, it's really hard for you to step in, step into this game. You know, um, it's definitely not something that is easy to do by all means it's hard work it's hard work for everybody involved like your family like it is a family-based sport if you don't have anybody to back you it is going to be super hard to do because you know on the weekends it's your whole family going to the racetrack you know it's not can you okay so when you, when you mentioned that you you were six years old yes. I'm just having trouble picturing it because obviously a six-year-old can't drive a car yet so what are you driving when you're six um, so it was called a quarter midget kind of, they're kind of look like go-karts, you know, a lot okay. of kids start out in go-karts or something like that, but I raced those for a while and then obviously moved up and stuff like that. Went formula racing for a while. And then I found my true passion, which is, you know, open wheel midgets and sprint cars and that type of stuff. So, you know, starting your kid out young is definitely the way to go. You know, I raced alongside Justin Haley, who was a NASCAR, who was a NASCAR driver now. And a lot of the guys that I used to race against when I was younger are now making a career out of the sport. You know, they're either racing IndyCar, Formula One or NASCAR or something like that. So it's definitely a progression. You know, it's one of those mm -hmm. sports that to start young. Well, you don't have to, but you know, it, it, it shows if you started young, you know, because you gain the knowledge and the experience and stuff like that. So when you were a little kid, you were racing against people that are now like well-known professionals in the, in the field. Yes. Do you think it was that, and is that, is there a better, an easier path for our boys to get up into the field? Do you think? Um, you know, it is, I do, people have different opinions on this. They'll say that it's easier for a girl to get somewhere because she's a girl in a male dominated sport. You know, she's a minority. So you can pull that minority card, but then at the same time, you have that trust issue because some, some people don't trust you because you're a girl and they don't think you can do well, or they don't think you can see succeed on track, you know, with the boys. So, I mean, it could go both ways. Um, my issue was, is that I actually had to stop racing when I was 10, um, due to family financial issues. This was back in 2009 when the recession happened. So ended up losing his job. Um, we had to sell everything just to be able to, you know, live. So I got back into racing about two years ago because I told my dad, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, yes, I'm going to college, but I really, really want to follow my dreams and go racing and start a female-based team and stuff like that. And so he, he gave me the encouragement, but he's like, you know, you're going to have to go find the sponsorship money. You're going to have to go market yourself in a way that is promotable and, and um, professional, I would say, because, you know, you hear all the time about 
those girls in bikini shots or something like that, mm -hmm. laying alongside of a car. And that's just not me. You know, I wanted to do it professional and I wanted to really help the next kid coming up. Now you're racing as a child, you're doing like contests and stuff. Your family hits upon economic hard times yep. and you have to stop for a while, which is, it's crazy to me how expensive this sport must be. Yeah. I mean, yep. how are families able to, how are middle-class families able to afford this? Could you have to what do you have to buy? Do you have to buy these little cars? Sorry for calling it a little car. I don't know. I can't remember what they're called. Fine. So, you know, obviously when I was younger, um, it was less expensive than what I'm doing now, you know? Okay. Um, we, it was still about two to $3,000 per, yeah. you know, midget. And, you know, midget. you've got to, for, you got to pay for tires. You got to pay for stuff that you break. You got to pay for mm -hmm. travel, you know? Yeah. It was very expensive and hard on my family and you know it causes I hate to say it but it, it causes a lot of divorces with families parents parents don't realize when they get their kid into the sport how much it actually takes you mm -hmm. know you're track every single weekend you're away from your extended family you know if you have pets at home you got to find a babysitter for your pets you know and mm -hmm. so definitely a sport that takes full dedication and it takes a family who's willing to back their kid like literally um with everything to be able to let them succeed and you know I was grateful for my parents to to show me the sport you know and and mm -hmm. find the love and the passion for it and to realize now that I'm at the at the level where I can do it myself you know I can go find marketing partners and we can create a, a business relationship to be able to help both parties, you know? Oh, interesting. So now how, how many women are doing this? I know, I mean, the, the famous one that I can think of not being involved in a sport myself, but like, I think feel like everybody knows Danica Patrick. Yeah. Are, yeah. are there others? Yeah. Um, so obviously Danica Patrick, you know, she sticks out to everybody because, you know, she was, she really laid the foundation for other drivers coming through and stuff. Um, but there is still not many, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I go to the chili bowl here in January, which is the biggest midget race in the entire world, you know, it's like our super bowl, basically there will be over 400 drivers there. We're expecting maybe 10 to 15 females. It is, it is a low number. You know, when I show up to the tracks on the weekends, I'm usually maybe the only female there, or there may be another female racing in a different class or something like that. But mm -hmm. usually I am the only one. Now you mentioned something to me in the notes, in the show notes about women, you know, the importance of women supporting each other and not holding each other back. And I know that has been a problem in many industries in the past, which I, I do think it's improving a lot over the last decade. Um, how is it in, how is that culture in your sport? You know, um, it is crazy to see the amount of female-based fans support you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care if you got last in a race, you know, they're just excited to see you out there, you know? So, mm -hmm that a lot but when it comes to um you know convincing the the public that hey like female businesses actually will support motorsports you know because it is something profitable and if you really have a product that can benefit off of you know motorsports then you're going to gain a huge 
ROI in your in your industry. And so when I get like the NOCC, which is the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition that I was partnered with this past year, um, I was able to connect with so many females who had been affected by ovarian cancer that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cool to be able to go to the stands and hand out hero cards or information about ovarian cancer. And then I would have older ladies come up to me and say, I fought ovarian cancer when I was in my thirties or, mm-hmm. you know, I ovarian cancer when I was younger or something like that. And then I had this amazing experience where I had somebody come up to me and, and they literally said, I got diagnosed with ovarian cancer two weeks ago. Oh and she's God. like, I cannot believe that I am sitting here at a racetrack with my husband and you're promoting the disease that I am currently fighting. And she's like, I I had no idea. So, you know, as we continue to grow in the sport, I think we are going to see more connections like that. Mm -hmm. And we are going to have our own fan base in in a sort of way, you know, a females actually seeing females succeed and want to help them and support them. What is the female fan base size, you know? Um, I would say right now, I would say it's 30% compared to 70%. Of, of men you know like obviously you'll go you'll go to the tracks and you'll see a husband bring their wives or you mm-hmm. know like you're coming to the races with me this weekend you know bring the kids or something like that but it is growing and I love to see the growth of females in in the stands you know I'll, I'll see fans wearing my t-shirts and majority of them are little girls or females you know mm-hmm. because they just love to see it you know that's really cool now, so when you see so your fans are men and women, I, I assume there's men that are also fans of women drivers, yeah. right? And how, yes. how is that? I mean, I know you mentioned a, a little while ago in our interview that when you realized you had to start going out there and looking for marketing, you realized that some, some people might choose to do the bikini thing. And that's, that's one way to go about it. And you're going to attract um, definitely going to attract a certain type of attention, but you wanted to go, it's not your personality and you wanted to go about it in a more professional way. So do do you find that doing things the way you're doing it, you're getting that support from both genders? Yes. Um, I would definitely say you get a lot more respect. You know, you aren't there to just get attention. You are there to actually compete and win, you know, with the guys. I love to tell people, you know, people don't know if you're a female until you take your helmet off. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, those sports that everything is so even the playing field is so even that nobody cares if you're a girl or boy so I don't try to promote myself you know in that aspect because that's just not who I am and you know I think as we continue to grow in motorsports you know you're gonna see you're gonna see that side drop off you know the bikini shots you know the whole sexualizing the sport, I do believe that that will drop off and things will become more professional. When you talked about you taking your helmet off, and that's when you can realize if you have long hair, it becomes yeah. obvious. My husband's going to kill me that I don't remember the name of the video game, but we were just having this discussion the other day that there is a famous video game, I guess it's from the 90s, maybe 80s, where um, kids are playing it and you don't know who the hero is until you get to the very end, they take off the helmet, it's a female. And he was talking about how it's re- it was a really important video game for his generation because it taught so many boys who are playing video games that it's it's fine and it's cool. And and all the he said that in his 
among his friends, no one had a problem with it. Everybody was just like, oh yeah, okay, it could be a girl. That's that's a possibility. So that 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 reminded me of that when you talked about that. And I love that, you know, it's part of your sport that you don't necessarily know because you're in a vehicle. So there's no way, there's really no way to know until you take off that helmet. It's, it's such a great image. I thought it's a very powerful image. Now, okay. Um, so you talked a little bit about your journey. You talked about your family and how they have supported you. What would you say has been your biggest challenge so far? Um, definitely finding the, the funds, you know, like I said, racing is not, and it has been a huge eye opener for me. You know, I, I'm a psychology major, you know, in mm -hmm. reality, marketing major, you know, at the time, but I didn't know I was going to get into racing, but it, it is definitely hard to target the right businesses and, you know, convince them that, Hey, there is a huge return. If we do this right, you know, I think too many businesses will come in and they'll sponsor a driver and then they don't see the return that they were expecting. And when in reality, that is the driver's fault. So mm -hmm. I have done a huge amount of studies where there has been failed sponsorships and usually that failure is on the driver the driver fails to not do what they need to do to really promote that business you know so when i was with the nfcc last year you know i knew how important important the sponsorship was going to be because mm -hmm. we were going to touch thousands of lives through the works that we would do and you know that is something that I encourage many many drivers to do is you have to market yourself in a way that both parties are going to be beneficial so I would definitely go back and say finding the right partnerships would be the hardest at this point yeah I can see how the financial aspect of things would be very hard for for athletes in your sport um and you talked also about how sportsmanship which i'm like a linguistic nerd when it comes to this stuff and i love to say like sportswomanship but that's such a yeah long word. it's such a long word but uh and it, it doesn't really work to our benefit there but yes for the sportsmanship or sports personship why is that so important to you can you talk a little bit about that so for me i want to be an example for whoever is looking at me. You know, this is huge at the track because there's many drivers who will just hide in their trailer. You know, they won't go over and talk to fans or they won't sign autographs or something like that. And that is something that I didn't want to do when I got back into the sport. Anytime that I'm not in the car, I want to be in the stands. I want to be signing autographs. I want to be talking to little girls about, you know, how they need to get into the sport or something like that. And, you know, sportsmanship in racing is very controversial because you will have guys who do not like that you're a girl out there racing against them. You mm -hmm. know, they still reality that this is a male dominated sport and it should be. So you will have instances where people try to literally crash you on the track because you're a female. And, you know, it is something that is bizarre, but it happens. You know, if you listen to some of Danica Patrick's podcasts, like she'll talk about some guys trying to take her out and, you know, mm -hmm. she's 
I try to take people out, but I end up crashing myself, you know, but to me, like, I don't have the financial backing yet to just go wreck my car into somebody, you know, so sportsmanship to me is super important because I want to be an example for the next kid, you know, I don't want to go wreck somebody because they made me mad in the pits or something, you know, we'll do this in a professional manner. And if I need to have a conversation with somebody, I'm not going to go throw punches or anything like that. You know, like we'll have a one-on-one conversation. And if you don't like what I have to say, then, oh, well, but you know, I'm going to stand my ground in the sport. Oh, that's crazy that, that people are actually trying to physically run you off the track just because of being a girl or a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It'll happen. And then how, how do other people in the sport, how do they take that? Is that seen as that's okay to do that? Or is that, that seen as unsportsmanlike? Yeah, I mean, you'll have people who see both sides of it, mm-hmm. you know, is, is definitely frowned upon, you know, but it does sadly make for a great show. Yeah. You know, fans. Like if you got a if you've got two drivers out there who are really banging against each other, the fans like to watch that. And you know, people like to watch racing because of the wrecks and the thrill of seeing people flip and stuff like that. Yes, it is dangerous, but motorsports has has grown huge in the past 20 years for safety. You know, yeah. it is very rare to see a driver now get hurt. And so you have both sides. You know, I'll have I have some great guys who back me and I would say some of the drivers are some of my best friends and they are guys, you know, cause they know how good of a driver I am and they have huge respect for me and I have huge respect for them. But see, sometimes you just, you'll show up to the track and you just have that one guy out there who doesn't like that you're a girl and he will do everything in his power to kind of take you out, you know? Hmm. And does your psychology degree come into play with this stuff? Um, yeah, I would definitely say it does, you know, um, you know, I have great control over my body and the aspects of getting tired, you know, especially in the summertime when it is a hundred degrees and we're sitting in a car for so long, you know, I will take this time over the winter to train my body and my mind to not feel tired or feel Mm -hmm and stuff like that and hydration is super important um you know people don't actually realize how important hydration actually is you know even when you're not participating in a physical sport you know drinking water throughout the day will make you feel a lot better oh my god and it would make my skin look so much better i need to drink more water (laughs) i'm terrible at it Uh, that's so that's so interesting though i mean it's a physical sport so what kind of physical training do you have to do yeah so a lot of it is cardio you know, um, for however amount of time we are in the car, you know, like I said, our races are usually over in 10 minutes, but you know, for that 10 minutes, I got to train my heart to be at a constant heart rate of, you know, 170, 180 for those straight 10 minutes. And, you know, that is a huge strain on your cardiac stress, you know? So I definitely hit cardio, you know, I'll, I'll work my arms and my legs because sitting in this position for so long, you know, you use muscles that you usually wouldn't use. So. Oh, that's interesting. And is, you mentioned the danger of the sport and how it's come a long way. Is that from mostly from crashes or is that also cardiac issues? 
Um, it's mainly from crashes. However, you know, um, the team that I drive for now, they had a driver this past year actually have a heart attack while driving. Mm-hmm. You no, know, he was in his fifties. So, I mean, you are at the danger level, but it was just one of those freak things. And he just had a heart attack right in the middle of the race. And it's yeah. kind of, but yeah, definitely safety improvements, you know, head and neck restraints, um, fire suits, you know, our fire suits it, on average, like if you were caught on fire in a car with all the protective stuff we have on, we have about 30 seconds before we will ever get burned. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a lot of time, but that still is a lot of time to be able to get out of the vehicle. Yeah. And I guess they, now you're making me think of course about the PPE that's involved with this. Are they, are they making the PPE that's for women's bodies? That is something that needs to be hit on greatly, I would say, in the future. There are companies who are coming out with, you know, designs or sports brawls or something like that, but Mm -hmm. it is very, very rare. You know, my helmet and my driving suit, it is a guy's, you know, and yes, I have custom driving suits and stuff like that, but there is no real driving suit yet that or a women's body, you know, mm-hmm. I would say. So it is something that needs to progress in the future. Yeah, definitely something to make sure the or, you know the different advocacy organizations are aware of. Um, keep it up and keep it in the public conversation. I'm glad you're talking about it now. Um, okay, so I I know you have a lot coming up, and mm-hmm. one of the things you mentioned is the Chili Bowl Nationals. Um, yep. Tell us. You you said it's seven million people. Tell us what exactly it is. It's it's a big race. How long is the whole race? And um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about it. So the whole event is a week long in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. It is well, it, it's indoors, thankfully, you know, because in the middle of January, it's probably there's probably snow on the ground, but it is an indoor race. And as of right now, the race is sold out. So that means that 60,000 people will actually be in, in attendance for this race. Mm. It is obviously broadcast on MAV TV or Flow Racing and stuff like that. And you can get that on your regular cable channels. So last year, they had 7.1 million people tune into the races over a week span. And to me, that is crazy because mm-hmm. you, know, you don't even really get those numbers on a NASCAR weekend or an IndyCar weekend, you know, so that is super cool. And like I said, there will be over 400 drivers signed up and, you know, maybe 10 to 15 of them are female. And I am already registered on the driver's list. And as of right now, there's already 200 drivers signed up. So, you know, we definitely expect that number to grow and we are running number 37 and it happens to be the 37th annual Chili Bowl. So good luck. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, you know, have they have already dedicated a special story for us and our team for running number 37. So I'm just super excited. You know, it is literally the Super Bowl of open wheel racing. That is so awesome. And I know you're looking for sponsors. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what type of sponsors are you looking for? How can this benefit companies? I know a lot of the company, a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are, in the construction industry um, and in manufacturing, similar industries like that. Yeah. Is that the type of sponsor that you think would help you? Um, so on a side note, I actually am a heavy equipment operator for a construction company. 
cool. Okay. So, um, definitely with construction, you know, I do see a huge benefit because mainly a lot of our relationships and partnerships that we build are through business to business. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it may not necessarily be the fan base, but yes, if you do have a product that you are representing like a sports drink or a clothing piece or something like that, and fans can see you wearing that, obviously you're going to, you're going to have the aspect of, Oh, Ashton's wearing that. I need to have one too. You know, yes, you have that. But then on the construction side, a lot of the connections, like I said, is business to business. So um, you'll have somebody come up to you in the pits and they're like, well, what does that company do? And then obviously it starts the conversation and the, or mm-hmm. you have a flyer, like you have a, a piping supplier who is sponsoring another car and you can go up to them and say, hey, well, I have this construction company. Well, let's try to make something work where I get my company connected with your company. And, you know, it's just those type of relationships that you build in racing that is super, super cool. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm just curious because I know, you know, you have this goal of, you know, forwarding your driving career, but also, but it's also more about women. I think, I feel like it's about women in general, like getting more women into the field, what would you say is your ultimate goal with your company? Yeah, so, um, you know, with a lot of things, and especially with racing, we will have female drivers go through the sport. And yes, they may be an inspiration to kids, but you'll see a lot of drivers not really do anything to really help the next person get into the sport. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really want to change that. You know, I want to, I want people to look at me and remember that I was the one who helped them get into racing, you know? So it's just something that I would love to do. And like I said, I don't know whether it be a school or, or racing, you know, school or something like that where we just try to get as many young girls as possible into the sport and you know it may not necessarily be driving but there is a huge need for marketing Mm -hmm. um you know social media that all goes along with the sport so it may not necessarily have to be driving but we could have different areas where we teach marketing skills or we teach social media skills or something like that so it is definitely that something that i have been working on and trying to figure out what is the best avenue, because that is what we are struggling with right now, is what would be the most beneficial thing for young girls and stuff like that. Oh, that's so interesting. So there's a lot more, there are a lot more career options besides just actually being an actual driver. And what, what is it like in the industry in general? Are there, is it kind of reflective of other sports type careers where it's mostly men with small minority of women? Would you say it's like that? Yes, I would definitely say that it goes right along the lines of any major sport or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It is, you know, sports in general are a male dominated thing. Mm -hmm. And then maybe one or two females here working in the marketing side or the social media side, Um, you know, but it would be so, so cool to have an all female based team where you have a female driver, you have a female marketing agent, you have Mm -hmm. a Male broadcast, you got female social media, you know, I just think that would be so cool. And it is definitely one of my goals to create that. That's amazing. And where can our listeners find you? 
Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram tagline is Ashton Thompson Racing 23. Um, we have a Facebook page called the Fans of Ashton Thompson Racing. You can just go to Facebook, type it in in your search and it'll come up. Or I have a website, ashtonthompsonracing.org. And if you have any troubles finding this, like I said, Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Or I have a LinkedIn account, you know, so just shoot me a message or something like that. And I'll try to get back to you. I think, yeah. And I have to say, I have to vouch for you. You will get back to them because <laughs> you're very good at that. Well, Ashton Thompson, CEO and president of Ashton Thompson Racing and first female to ever qualify on the pole at Salem Speedway. And coming up, she'll be racing in the Chili Bowl. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a really interesting topic. I It's the first time we've ever interviewed anyone about this sport. So I'm thrilled to that you've been here. And I'm so excited that you were able to share all this with our audience. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.